Attention bobsled riders, you will soon be embarking on a thrilling podcast down the icy slopes of the Matterhorn, so please remain seated keeping your hands, arms, feet and legs inside the bobsled at all times. Auf Wiedersehen! Hello yodelers, we are the Matterhorn Yodelers, I am your host today, Peter, with my co-host... Jackie and Javis. And we have another guest. Back again is Father Yodler. Yodelahihoo. That's right. I'm back after a brief recess. I wasn't in the well, I was in the last episode. <laughs> I put myself in it. <laughs> but uh by the time us recording this, it hasn't come out yet, so the other yodlers haven't seen what I've done yet. Mm. Uh, <laughs> but you have, if you've been listening every single week. <laughs> but uh you know, today we're going back we're going back to 80s epcot oh old school my, epcot my my peter's fanboy my my home sweet home he's the guy that goes up to the cast members going bring back horizon <laughs> i like the original version <laughs> i like it better than emission space this would be true Wow. I disagree. Wow, that's, shots that's fired. Cool. That's I, where for I those like mission space. for those who don't know, that's where I did my college program internship. Oh yeah, that's like that's so that hurts. Now yeah. I do I do wish it they got it updated. It got upgraded, but I yeah, it's it's sad that it went, but it's fine. We're gonna we're gonna talk you about m- the other. You miss a uh, bad attraction. Allen animatronics, don't you? Oh, I love bad animatronics. Those are great. That's awesome. I love that stuff. Um, but yeah, we're back in Epcot. And we're going to kind of finish up our remaining part of Future World. I mean, yeah. there's only one that we're not really covering because a lot of it's just like this corporate sponsor took over this corporate sponsor <laughs> yeah. and had this. And that, and that's the Communicore slash Interventions. Yeah, that's not. there's not too much interesting history on that one. Just the free beverages. Well, now, Club Cool. Yeah, Club, Club cool. cool. Which is still there. It's good. Do they still have the character meet and greet there? Or they, they're they building it. There's the Moana yeah, so land there's, there. There's the, the Journey of Water Moana area. And so they tore down the place where they had all the character meet and greets. And yeah. then when they realized that they can't do what they were going to do for Epcot, they built it back up again. Yeah. It, it sounded really ambitious when I first heard it. Really? You're going to do okay. Right. What were they going to do? Oh, for... they were going to they were going to have like this giant like pavilion in the center of of the park and it was going to this like two three story tall uh, festival pavilion that was going to overlook the lake so, it was so you could be... see the show, you know. Uh, I thought, wow, yeah, that's yeah. great. That's what was supposed to go where they're rebuilding the building they destroyed um and so yeah that was like that was the big plan there but then they're like um we ran out of money so or we're cutting the budget so we're gonna the story of every project ever imagineers come up so and then the lawyers and the financiers the accounts come in and they're like no yeah you've got the mary poppins right Mary Poppins, that got cut. Yep. Well, when they announced what it was going to be, I was like, that's disappointing. I'm glad they didn't make it. It would look like an indoor teacup. That's what it was. And you know what the you know what the executives did? You're like, you know what, with Mary Poppins? We'll just put her on the carousel, and guests will be just as happy. They'll call that true. the Mary Poppins ride. They could honestly just put a Mary Poppins carousel 
and in the UK pavilion, yeah. and I think that would do just as fine. Yeah, that's probably true. Yeah, I think it. it would. I think it'd be a simple, cheap solution to add another attraction that would satisfy pretty much everyone. Yeah, nobody it'd would be complain good for about the young it. kids for Epcot. The yeah. only people that would complain are the people that love, you know, the. The, the rock bands. bands that perform back there. The cover right? bands. Yeah. yeah. The cover bands. The, 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 cover the, the Beatles cover band. Horrible. And... I, I wouldn't mind them being there. It's but, better uh, than just nothing there. But, uh, yeah, but getting back on track here, we are. We're, we are in Future World. Future World. West. Or, yeah. And it's not really that anymore. It's now like World Nature. nature. World Nature, yeah. Yeah. That's what they, they classify the area that we're going to be covering today. We're going to be covering the three pavilions, the the Living Seas Pavilion, which is now the the Seas with Nemo and Friends. Oh, it's my phone. Yeah. Okay, I was like, I'm getting static. It's my phone. I'm sorry. Just you away from the mic part. would be better. Oh, we can't. Just yeah, not yet. I'm, you just got to put it over there. I'm going to be using it. So It did go away when you did yeah. that. Yeah. I was like, it's, <laughs> it's, it's self-receptions uh, causing yeah. the static. Yeah. I was like, that's why I turn off my stuff, and I'm like, who's I doing know, it? I know, I turn mine off, too. <laughs> Um, but yeah, we're going to be going to the Living Seas, the Land Pavilion, and the Imagination Pavilion. So, but we're going to start our journey off. Did we introduce Father Yodel? Yeah, yeah. he's there. He, did. Oh, he yodeled. Okay. I yodeled. Not, it was a poor excuse of you. Sorry, my brain fog. Yep. By the way, my Father Yodeler shirt got rave reviews at oh disneyland. yes you went to disneyland with us and, and you wore and, a father yodler shirt and uh people people took note of it they read it and they they commented on it people like the logo i had people come up like oh wow is that like your podcast like logo and so they're like yeah it is and they're like that's cool like very simple interaction shout out to Haley who designed that yes she yeah, did a great job everybody should get a a matterhorn yodeler shirt and you know what you can it is linked in our podcast website is it still there and I have it's no idea. linked on our instagram <laughs> where you can actually purchase a shirt recommendations don't dry it in the heater or in the and the and the, yes. the dryer it fades um, and size up yeah so yeah and yeah because i do i do hear that a lot because i think i wore it to uh comic-con one year and uh somebody goes yeah you don't see a lot of matterhorn merchandise it's a cool matterhorn mm -hmm. like logo and shirt so yeah yes. check it out if you like the logo want to help support us check out the store in the bio with that being said let's go to the sea so yes i've got living the living seas and, you know, Epcot opened in 1981. What was it? Like October? It was uh, like October. 82. 82. It was like October 1st, 82, something like that. Yes, October 1st, yeah. October 1st, 82. And you know what? They have all these beautiful pavilions. And then they had the concept of the seas. And you know what was their opening day? A sign. <laughs> Coming soon. The seas. They the should bring seas. that back. It was a giant <laughs> dirt lot. Yep. Nothing. They didn't even break ground. Nope. It was the last pavilion to be open. And, you know, for the reason of what the concept was, they're putting an aquarium. And they're yeah. like, the, the managers are like, whoa, we can't rush this. There's a lot of science here. And there's a lot of money that goes into the idea of putting the largest, at the time, saltwater aquarium 
and you also gotta imagine like they're constructing this massive theme park epcot is massive this was the america's biggest construction project happening all at once that had ever happened before and so like it's understandable that they didn't get to everything day one <laughs> no and there's a lot of stories that go around with epcot i used to talk to the maintenance guy that was there at the um universe of energy and it was the projectionist and he came in there 30 days before they opened and he goes all i saw was a big pile of dirt in the middle of that building <laughs> 30 days before and they're like yep we're gonna have this ride up and running in 30 days and he's like okay <laughs> That was his response. Oh, all right. Nice. Uh, there was a lot of that happening in Epcot around the end <laughs> So there was a lot of rush. And like Peter said, there was a lot of construction. And this one, I'm glad they were smart enough to go, you know what? I think I'm a little out of my league here. I'm not an aquarium strategy. You know, like the early, like, Imagineers or engineers at Disneyland, they were like the jack of all trades. Yeah. You can't do jack of all trades when you're dealing with animals. Animals. And so they were really slow to get it. And they also needed a sponsor. That was the theme of Epcot. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> the sponsor part. <laughs> it, you know, and I get it. Well, that was the theme with Disneyland when it first opened. It was filled with sponsors. Well, yeah, that's how it got yeah, That's how it got sure. built. Yeah. And and what they were trying to do. And try to try to implement the Epcot, the Epcot, <laughs> <laughs> the the Epcot experience that Walt had started, but it changed. They wanted that World Fair experience. Right. What is the World Fair? A series of of uh, uh, what are they called? Uh, not endorsements. The uh, sponsors. sponsors. Thank you. Brain just stopped working there with Epcot. <laughs> Epilocot. Epil what does the L stand for? Experimental <laughs> prototype. Lost city of the future. <laughs> of tomorrow, yeah. Of tomorrow, yeah. So, yeah, they, they couldn't get the sponsor, and it's really hard to say, like, we're going to do this. But what they were doing, their plan was is to have, like, you're going to go in and you're going to have – uh, you're going to get Poseidon's experience. So you're going to get like this mythology story with, you know, what we're doing with the seas and the mystery of it. And like, and they're going to have this rotating theater and then you'll be able to go in tubes on an Omni mover throughout this aquarium. And I was like, wow, that's really they cool looking. Cool. The, the Imagineers during this time, you look at like the what the thought process was like when they're like, we're going to do this. And it's like you try to picture them trying to pitch that now. And people are like, no, that's like crazy. Why would you make design an attraction like that? And we're going to talk. That's going to be a common theme today. And they were that was their <laughs> plan. It was, you know, and the way you, you would walk in, you'd have these two pools of water and it act as if you were going into the ocean like the whole experience was planned and and flowed and then um you know uh united technologies sponsored them and for those who don't know who united technology they're not a company anymore they broke up they were like they did escalators and elevators and air conditioners and air mechanic and they broke into like three different parts raytheon uh otis and I forgot the other one, but basically the groups of like technology they did, they got separated out. Um, but like, yeah, they were the jack of all trades company. 
And they go like, that's cool, that mythology stuff. We're going to cut it. And we're going to go science-based because there's science technology. Then, like, we want to sell that. And, you know, they're like, oh, that cool tube thing? We're going to do, like, only 300 feet of the Omnimover going around the actual aquarium. We're not actually going to do tubed, you know, long-distant attraction. So they, they cut it up a little bit. There were supposed to be, like, instead of four modules at the bottom, there were supposed to be, like, six it was supposed to be it's already a big pavilion but they're like they're like no chop 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 we're gonna do this um so what you got was the first attraction or like the opening attraction was january 15 1986 and michael eisner he was the one that opened it and the the sponsor ceo went into the tank with scuba mickey and cut the ribbon I mean that's, that's pretty. Cool. That's, that's cool. That's cool. That's I think cool. I remember watching that on TV. You did? Yeah. I was there with you. You probably did. <laughs> you probably don't remember. I remember a lot of drool and a lot of poop in the diaper, but. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, that's kind of cool. They started off, and so what you have there is Central's one giant main tank, and two, you know, and then you'll have module um different scenes or different like exhibits to visit once you go through the main attraction and so i'll go through what they did uh as your experience with it so you'd come in from the entrance and and it's almost like the haunted mansion they kind of crowd you into this entrance where the queue is only 570 people that they had planned big crowds right yeah Right. And then you would go through this guest queue winding. So, you know, as you go through the Finding Nemo ride, they still had that windy oh, yeah. built in ride. It's a great queue. It is a. I remember when I first. Yeah, because you walk it. through it. You're never standing in you that queue. You never stand no, in that queue. No, and it's AC. It's air conditioned. It is a it. long queue that doesn't ever get filled. <laughs> It was always the question around New Year's, like, oh, they had to do the extended queue of Nemo. And you're like, whoa, Whoa. we're super at capacity, aren't we? We're going to close the park. (laughs) That's a big park to close. Yeah. They've, I think they got close to it. They got to that 100,000 mark. It was like New Year's and it was. Yeah, New Year's would be the closest. It was nuts. (laughs) Yeah, so. Yeah, they get you through the queue, and then you go into this, like, pre-show rotunda where it's, like, two minutes, like, we're United Technology. We're awesome. You're welcome. (laughs) And so once you do it, you go into another pre-show, which is about, like, it goes every five minutes. Let's cycle through, and there'll be, like, 207 people that rotate between Theater 1 and Theater 2. And do you remember that, that show? I'm, I don't. It's remember. like the history of water and like. I don't remember it. Impactful. It was <laughs> so hard. so impactful. So it's like seven minutes and it's it's called the sea, and uh, and who would have thought the living seas? The show is called the seas. So you're going to the seas, and then once you get out, you're going to this lobby, and then the you're like, oh, we have our elevators, but they're mm-hmm. called. Hydrovators. Hydrolators. Hydrolators. I remember the elevator. Yeah, yeah. I remember it too. I do remember like we're going in this thing and you just see bubbles going. <laughs> it's supposed to simulate as if you're going down to the ocean. Because remember there was the, the elevator that would go into space. Right. Well, this one was going. 
going to the depths of the yeah. ocean. And so, yeah, you get in this thing and it, they did the Indiana Jones thing where they, they, they move the wall to simulate like there's movement. You're on ground level. Again, yeah. this is Florida. The I think the water table's like 10 feet. <laughs> like you go underwater. You will be underwater if you take this elevator a story down below. Um, so, yeah, you take this hydro uh, later and then you get ready to go into the queue for the sea cab, which is a portion of the Finding Nemo ride, the yeah. Omni mover. And you get in this this bubble. It's supposed to simulate like you're in this. They call it a sea cab. And you go in this bubble and you get to see your first bits of the of the tank. And you see that. You go through uh, the whole experience. And then you get to Sea Base Alpha. And that's where you have your different exhibits there that you can see. Look at the fish. <laughs> you know, you got to think about this is if you've been and I've just been on this recently, the Rise of the Resistance ride. Where you're in the queue, and then you go from one queue little area to another to another. They did this back in the 80s. Mm -hmm. So it's amazing how, but that's a cool subject, right. but they're talking about the boring sea. <laughs> like when you go to the queue, you're like, here's what man did with water. And they're showing like ridiculous submarines back in the day. Like this man put in, a, got in a barrel and he put a hole and that's what he breathed in. And then he put explosives next to people's boats, you know, like the first submarines. Like it's hard to sell the sea. It's so mysterious and, and, and there wasn't the excitement of space and like the potential, like, right. and I think they try to do that here with this attraction where like we've created an underwater sea base. This is before episode one with the Gungans, you know, like, Oh, there we go. We'll retheme it to the Gungan Star Wars. City. <laughs> Have your uh, Jar Jar meet and greet. <laughs> no, no, Jar Jar. Not again. <laughs> Um, so yeah, you, you this the, the queue just you get this whole experience to get the sea base alpha. So it's kind of like you feel like you're on this base since you've gone through this whole experience. You don't feel like you're in a park, and you get this giant aquarium that's really cool. I think they were very effective in that uh, in that uh, that journey, the journey to pull you and in the, and the uh, mystique of it and everything. It 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 was impressive. I I found it enjoyable. And I'm looking back, and I'm like, I remember the, I remember the elevator simulator, <laughs> right? And I thought that was, and I remember just getting to that base and just seeing this giant room and seeing a giant aquarium. I don't think I've ever seen an aquarium at my age, you know, there. And so it was kind of cool to see it there. Um, but how long can you stare at fishes? At fishes, <laughs> and their exhibits were very. You know, they'd had a talking robot kind of experience. Yeah, like the first one is like the main, they have the the ocean ecosystem where you could watch the Pacific Coral Lagoon and the kelp tubes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> mommy, mommy. I want to see the kelp tubes. Can I see the kelp tubes? Well, do you yeah. want to see Mickey first? No. <laughs> no, there's not. Mickey's not in this park. <laughs> no, nah, this one, yeah. <laughs> Unless he's on top of Epcot. And he's, right. That's for commercials <laughs> only. He was there at the ribbon cutting. He was there? Yeah. You know, and you get the other, like, module where it's just the marine mammals. Okay, they have manatees eating cabbage. <laughs> that's, that's one thing you get to see there. Earth system. What's on Earth? Animated Atlas cartoons and sea base challenge. 
And then you get the underseas exploration with the robot and you get to see a gym suit, you know? So it's like, it's cool, but it's not going to keep you in the location. Unless it's a really hot day. Unless it was hot. I don't remember spending a lot of time, but again, when you're there, you're trying to see everything. Right. Yeah. You've got one day part. you've got all of Epcot and all of World Showcase. Yep. So you 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 don't have a lot of time. You have at least seven attractions in the first half of the park to go through. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then you gotta go into the world showcase the other half of your day. And yeah, I think this this attraction just got it's in the corner. Yeah, it's tucked away. But the real attraction and you've experienced is the restaurant. I've been to the restaurant. Yes. And so what, uh, yeah. At the this, coral reef. The right? coral reef. And you really, it's like you're going back there and you feel like you're going backstage almost. Yeah. And I've eaten there. It's probably the most expensive place they ate next to the Canadian pavilions, Le Cellier. Mm-hmm. Le Cellier. Yeah the, yeah. the steakhouse where you have to get reservations six months in advance. And it's like $50 a steak. Which 15 actually, years ago. Which I actually learned back when the park first opened, La Cilier was actually like a buffet. Well, <laughs> that was like, it was just a casual, like you go in, it was just a buffet style uh, meal. It wasn't like this. But they big... were only serving like beaver meat and moose steaks. <laughs> <laughs> All you can eat. So I was like, oh, that's interesting. I didn't realize that La Cilier had like this, like, you know, it wasn't this high class restaurant. It wasn't always that way. Yeah. So. So like yeah, it's it's so this restaurant it's unique. You're facing the aquarium, and so it's 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 rounded, and all the seats are a good seat, and it's fun to see. You're watching fish like oh there's a fish, and then you'll see a shark eat it, or you'll see like a manatee like gobble it up against the window. So you get to do the <laughs> circle of life kind of conversation yeah. if you're with your kiddos. Um, yeah, the food was basic, you know, seafood kind of red lobster food but you're at the coral reef and it's a prestigious place and it's 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 cool that the lighting's low um if you want a unique experience that's one uh what else is on top on the second level of this pavilion is a vip area that had no clue that was there zero clue that the it was for these sponsors and what people may not know is each pavilion had its own sponsored vip area mission space it was it was to the left above like the exit area and hp was our sponsor and so we'd see them flash the hp badge and be like yeah you just go around the corner honestly nobody was really because they have like their own like um attendant there to like serve them so united they have this grand area that has their own little restaurant and their own like view of it they have a conference room and they have a plexiglass clear piano up there and it's still there it's really cool and i didn't know this but you can have a wedding there a wedding reception at the seas and so you just got to provide your own pianist you know and you got i think they like the guys at united technologies was like you know what we need here a cool piano we need a crystal clear piano (laughs) (laughs) That's they pro- what we they probably want fish and, in there. And then when they left, yeah, they probably didn't want some fish in there. And then when they left, they're like, well, Disney's like, do you want your piano? They're like, no, nah, we're, we're, it's we're good. good. You can have it. Yeah. <laughs> you got a big bill to pay. It was like one of those drunken mistakes of design. It's yeah. like, it was the, the opulence of whatever CEO that was creating this. Right. So, yeah, the, this park, this, this attraction remained unchanged 
for the first 10 years for and a then long time. and then basically what was it finding nemo takes over which i was there for when it i was there for the soft open for uh unexpected i randomly came across it like i had no desire to go into the seas pavilion when i was there and then all of a sudden i just see all these cast members like flashing badges at the you know the wall of i've been bored i've been bored right and i'm all like well what if i walk up there and i flash my badge and they let me in i was all like what is going on? Where am I going? <laughs> like it was like this cool then they experience. put a hood over your head and you got on the bus and then you're playing Squid Games. You're like, whoa, this guy's... <laughs> is that when you were working there? Yeah, when oh, I was, was working like there. was like a cast preview or yeah, something? Yeah, it was cast member preview. I had no idea. I was just randomly sure. in the park that day and I was all like, oh, this is cool. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, uh, they... So in 99, the, the sponsorship left and so Disney's like, all right, we got to pay for all this now. Yep. And they 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 created a bypass for the elevator so people can go straight to sea base. Uh, or Which I'll, I missed. I missed the, the everyone, elevator. Everyone misses the hydrolator. Everybody. Yeah. It's surprising that that's the like I look in the comments and they're like, I remember that. That was so cool. How how hard is it to upkeep that thing? <laughs> she's got like <laughs> my my little girl she blows bubbles in her milk all the time you just have like a little tube and like all the kids will just keep blowing bubbles into you it you have a random wall he says okay everyone blow yeah and yeah all the kids that's sanitary <laughs> you put, you bring can, your own straws it's made out of paper bring, yeah <laughs> use the paper because they disintegrate so yeah. then you, you throw them away you're just gonna be like that one's been used yeah <laughs> Um, yeah, in 2001, the Sea Cabs, the, the Omni Mover closed. And this is before Finding Nemo came out. And then they hit them behind the wall. So they just started like really breaking this thing down and just creating just. So you lost this experience getting to Sea Base, mm-hmm. you know, just within 15 years of this attraction happening. And this is going to be a theme. Yes. That happens with Epcot and the future worlds. And, and basically, yeah, they, they created a bypass. Uh, from the experience uh and then bam uh finding nemo hits they put in the the birds mine mine yeah. mine which they just took out they took them out they took it out they yeah. took them out because they're distracting from moana they go september 2023 oh. three audio seagulls found at the entrance were removed the care it was the most annoying part you get in the part and they're like mine mine you're like it's cute it until cute. you're around it all day yeah. it's the cast members that requested it no the cast members just neglected they were broken they never reported them so they didn't have to hear it <laughs> <laughs> You would see that with the animatronic birds in, in, in the opening of, of Tiki Room. That one's broken. Is it broken? <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea. And uh, in September 2023, they went back to their original scheme color that they had. Right. But like when Nemo came out, they started slowly bringing it in. They replaced uh, one of the bays with Turtle Talk. Huge success. Yes. I think it's the only reason why parents actually go. They it's don't go true. like, let's go see the giant expensive aqua tank you let's know the aquarium the, let's go see the manatees i just remember when we went to disney world i was like young and like i saw the boys me world episode and i saw like topanga feeding the dolphins and i was like i want to do that you can you can do that and you yeah. can actually do the scuba diving experience still you it's do have to be but you have to be a certified, licensed yeah. certified not licensed but certified 
uh, scuba diver. So if you're and you want a unique, a unique, unique experience, you can do that. Yeah, I just remember and like I think mom and I were going to do it because I really wanted to do it, Aww. and then. It was like they only did it like for like right. an hour in the morning or yeah. something. And I was just so heartbroken. I oh. wanted to feed the dolphins. They probably experienced it first like every hour and the dolphins got really <laughs> fat. And they turned into oh. manatees. <laughs> That's where the manatees came from. <laughs> manatees are overweight <laughs> dolphins that were overfed in the dolphin experience. Yeah. And then like. That's how it works in nature. <laughs> Take that Darwin. We <laughs> debunk that. <laughs> But now I think like it's like a paid experience. Oh to, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> if I have to pay for a fast pass, they're gonna charge me money to feed dolphins. Yeah. Oh, that's heartbreaking. You yeah. you had that expectation and reality. Oh, hit. you know, it was the setup I see it on TV. Boys, me wrote, oh, I want to feed the dolphins. You know, I was like in first grade. So. And and they make it so easy where anybody can walk up. Yeah. And Corey's in there with this little <laughs> yeah just knitted sweater, and he's just feeding. I'm sad. I'm depressed teenager. My girlfriend doesn't like me. Let me feed this. Yeah. As a, you know, in first grade, I thought that was, that's what you did. But oh. yeah, obviously, yeah. So yeah, the, the C's really changed with Finding Nemo and it's still trying to find its identity. Um, I did see on Wikipedia that I thought it said it was closing in 2025, but um, now uh, for any kind of renovation, but they announced so much doing what they're doing in Epcot. I think they're trying to change a little bit here and there. Um, but I think this attraction will get lost. You know, they did change it from, you know, the living seas to the seas with Nemo and friends, basically taking the living out and <laughs> it's a zombie form of its original <laughs> idea. Pretty much. Pretty much. And it's, you see it there and just going through what I describe as the opening and the experience to get to sea base alpha you realize it's just a shell of what it was. And it, it, in my mind, I'm going, why is it this way? And I'm going, I think there was still a lot of hope and optimism from the space race that man was progressing towards something really great, you know? But like, as soon as they said, like, we're not going to the moon anymore. And like, then Disney's like, we've got the sea. And like, people from the 70s are like, yeah, I can believe that. But like the 90s, 2000s are like, we're not going to the sea. The only thing we do in the sea is drill oil and put a bunch of plastic. All right. That's what we do with the sea. <laughs> so I, it, I think it was a really hard sell of the sea of like the future and optimistic. It just turned very uh, fantasyful, you know, I, fantasy, fantasy, you know, thinking. I think they failed because they didn't have a good theme song. They don't really have a song no, that's really... It's just like this not. this ambient music every, in the every, background. All the pavilions seem to have a theme song. They did. But, uh, although I can't think of the energy one. Oh, there's like two of them. Every, the universe oh, of energy. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, here yeah. we go. That's right. But yeah, yeah, since it didn't get the opening, they didn't pay the Sherman Brothers to write any music for it. And it, it suffered because there's nothing to hum. <laughs> that's true. I, I was trying yeah. to like, look, who did this? And nothing. So, yeah, that's what I've got. It's just, it's there still, Finding Nemo ride. It's the first Epcot ride that got the IP experience of overlay. I believe it was. So that's that's your challenge, Disney. It needs a theme song. <laughs> well, it does now. It's got the, in the big blue world. They sing that at the yeah, end of the ride. Yeah, that's borrowed, now. though. I, it came out that attraction opened before the play 
before oh, the, the okay. show. Because I remember, I was all like, oh, that's a good song. And then shortly after that, the play came out at Animal Kingdom. I'm all like, it's the same song. So they should drain the aquarium and put the Finding Nemo show in the aquarium. I would be okay with that. Okay. But the fishies. <laughs> they could put them back where they got them. <laughs> They, in the big blue world. They were born there. <laughs> they don't know what the ocean is like. The big fish will know what to do with them. <laughs> <laughs> it's feed time. At least send them to the dentist's office. <laughs> the fish are our friends, said the shark. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for sharing the brief history of the seas. Brief. Or the living seas. <laughs> um... All right, Jackie, you've got us now in the land. Oh, We're going from the yes. sea to the land. The land, the most exciting pavilion. Is what you described it earlier? What was it? What does it look like in the picture? Like uh, a food court from a mall? Oh, yeah. Inside, it just looks like a mall food court. Um, Let's go to the mall. <laughs> yeah. But I don't remember it being as noisy as So loud. Is it? Okay. Yeah, I can't remember that. It echoes. It yeah. echoes. They have too much hard surface in there. There's not enough, like carpet something yeah so the land was centered around the agriculture of food brought to you by craft yes um this of course was sponsored 1982 to late 1992 was sponsored by craft um and basically um, it went through a couple renovations in 92 to 2000. It was hosted by Nestle. And then I, th- there's no more sponsors. I was terribly disappointed to get any chocolate on that ride. <laughs> there was no out. chocolate like waterfall. Right? I know. <laughs> the, the the living with the land attraction was in a river of chocolate. That uh, would have been impressive. No yeah. Oompa Loompas. That would have been. I, I, Augusta, don't drink the water. <laughs> <laughs> it's that, land, that ride does give you Willy Wonka vibes, I it must does. say. I mean, the lady couldn't contain herself. She had to have one of those tomatoes last year. Cucumbers. Cu- cucumber, that's right. I keep saying it's yes. a, a tomato. You, you keep thinking of the tomato tree. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, the 32,000 tomatoes uh, at least they didn't have the blueberries there <laughs> right yeah don't don't eat the blueberries <laughs> yeah so the land it covers six acres making it one of the largest epcot pavilions yes and at the front of the pavilion it's like a futuristic glass greenhouse yes yeah. um with a smaller glass dome used in front or that was used to be in front of the larger one but then it was taken out in the most recent 2004 2005 and was replaced with uh tall palm trees yep very exciting it is very exciting yes and then they changed the sign of the land multiple times right throughout history new sponsors yes um the mural is beautiful though uh, you have I to like say the, the old murals of Epcot so are really great. pretty. Yeah. So great. Yeah. So basically the land, you have to like walk up a hill. I do remember that hill. <laughs> it is a big hill. You got to walk up a steep hill. It's tough for the strollers. And then you find out you can't really bring the strollers inside. Yeah. They're like, back down there is where we do <laughs> yes. it. Thanks, well, guys. I, I think it's funny, though, because like they're like, okay, you got to hike up all this hill. You get into the building and they're like, and now go downstairs. Yes. And it's all like. Couldn't you just 
you know, make it flat. It's Florida. <laughs> it's not easy to go down. I know. You have to go like, up could, then down. Couldn't we have just started on the ground? <laughs> it's not easy being green. <laughs> I mean, there wasn't much on the second it floor. What was on the second floor? The movie? Which I'm sure you'll talk about. Yeah, yeah, we'll get there. <laughs> so basically, yeah, you walk in, and you walk in, and imagine an 80s mall. That was basically the vibe of it. You walk in. It's a big and open space. The original design, they were. it was very into hot air balloons. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They had, like, three, like, hot air balloons suspended moving up and down. That was, uh, uh, I think that was a Rolly Crump thing. So maybe yeah. I think that I think Rolly Crump was behind the 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 design of the hot air balloons and things like that. If not, he was the inspiration <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, he did a lot of work in Epcot. Yeah. He did stuff for uh, the what is it the, the uh, Wonders of Life Pavilion with the mobiles right. and things like that. So uh, if you don't know who he is, you can check out one of our Windows episode. I think it's the second or third one when we we talk about Rolly Crump. Yeah, and basically you walk down and there's tables everywhere and it's a food court. There was a giant fountain, in the in was the food. was he was it it, it, it went away. Um, but we need more chairs. Um, basically the food court was called the Sunshine Season Food Fair. Um, or no. Sorry, uh, it was called the Farmer Market. That's what it was originally called. Right, I was like, so I it, thought it was, no, that's sorry. what it changed into. And all that food comes from the pavilion, right? <laughs> no, so this was sponsored by Kraft. So all the food oh. was Kraft products. So Kraft <laughs> products. Bring me the ranch. So it was like barbecue, <laughs> bakery, potato soup, yeah, salad, sandwiches, cheese, ice cream. Um, it was Correction: the the dolphins ate at the land, <laughs> and the can manatees not from the cabbage. <laughs> um, and there, the tables had like these big like canopies that were to kind of represent you were in a hot air balloon, almost inspiration. Um, of course, uh, this uh, this pavilion went through multiple renovations, and so in the first when they do that, that means. It's not very good, and that they're trying to throw money at it to solve it. Yeah, and so the first part of the uh, renovation, of course, they adjusted the food court, and it changed it to Sunshine Season Food Fair, uh, which was between 1993 to 2004, Um, and, you know, they redid some of the stuff. The hot air balloons were still there. What? Nothing. You're fine. Go on. Oh, okay. Um, I'm just messing with my phone. They had food stalls and stuff, and they, you know, they had similar food. So barbecue, potatoes. Well, where's some of the rides there? Oh, we'll get there. Oh, okay. I'm getting there. There's a lot to go this over. Is, this is, Jackie gets into the food of things. She's, <laughs> oh, that's yeah, yeah, that's yeah, her she's favorite thing. I'm like, let's food. get to the ride. No, no, no. The food court is a big part, and then, of course, it... It it is now the uh, seasons of uh, sunshine seasons. Is that the rotating restaurant there? No, but the revolving restaurant got there next. Awesome. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so this is the restaurant that 
it's on the second floor. So the same entrance that you walk in. And it was cool back then because it rotated around. And it showed, the, you know. That's very like like the mid-century kind of like. The rotating. The rotating restaurant. room restaurant. Yeah. It's kind of like mid-century. Yes. And so this is where it would rotate and you would see some scenes from the boat ride which was listen to the land which is a fun song it's kind of catchy a great it's just you can't oh. be like oh yeah let's go farming let's do a oh. little a little garden you mean this song yeah just make believe you're a tiny little seed oh yeah feel good a tiny little seed that's reaching it. up to meet your I enjoyed the ride. with the right amount we haven't gotten there yet though. oh we're getting there so right amount they used to have a spiel Yes. And they took the spiel away, and it made the all the cast members unhappy. And it made the, everybody <laughs> in the boat unhappy, happy. too. That was the Nature's best part of the land, because they had a real-life person talking about it. And you felt like, oh, they know what they're talking about. The oh, What was unfortunate was when Mission Space went down, we would give them comp, like, fast passes, where they could use it at Mission Space, Maelstrom, or... Live with the land. And when one guy got it, he was like, are you kidding me? I can walk on. <laughs> this is worthless. And he like threw it on the ground. And I'm like, it is worthless. <laughs> and the revolving restaurant is still there. I've eaten there multiple times. It's actually really good food. It is food that like some of the uh, products that they do is from the land uh, attraction and stuff. Um so I recommend eating there. It's a buffet. There's character meeting. Hey, it's too. a food court. It's yeah, be you good, see Chip right? and Dale there. Yeah, Chip and Dale. Comes Chip and Dale around, was very common and, there. And like they'll come to your table multiple times, so it kind of gets awkward later on. But hey, Chip, <laughs> for the third time, <laughs> get away from my food, <laughs> <laughs> <Hey>, Chipmunk. <laughs> that would be interactive. Yeah. If they take your food if you haven't eaten fast enough. They're like, get off! And like, <laughs> that would. I think make that attraction or that restaurant really cool. Yeah, but of course, not only did they have food there, they had some attractions and shows. One of them was the Harvest Theater. Is that the one where Simba was at? Yes. Eventually. Eventually, yes. Uh, So it was located on the first level. The Harvest Theater was housed and filmed uh, Symbiosis. Symbiosis. Thank you. From... Hey, he didn't screw up Epcot. <laughs> Epclot. <laughs> uh, so this was from 1982 until 1995. It was an 18-minute film. Oh, my goodness. 18 <laughs> minutes? Yes. Uh, we, we, we skipped that one. Oh, I don't remember <laughs> we, that. We oh. I don't one. think I... I... Said, no, we're not yeah. going to... I'm going to be honest. I don't think I ever stepped into this theater. <laughs> I looked at it, and I'm like, no. Yeah. I, when I was there, I did see the Lion King show. Yeah. There were people... Like, with yeah, park maps sleeping on the benches for 18 and minutes. Basically, the show explored technological progress in the environment and partnership between people and the lab. Brought to you by Ma- My San- Ma- <laughs> was it My Santos? You know the, right. the- Monsanto. Monsanto's. Yeah, yeah. In 1995, the film was replaced by The Circle of Life, an environmental fable starring Lion King, Timon, and Pumbaa and Simba. Uh, this was a 20-minute film show uh, t- t- talking about facing uh, dangers 
of the environment and responsibility that people have to take to preserve the land. And it did save people because it gave them 20 minutes sitting <laughs> in an air-conditioned building rather than outside in the Florida humidity and heat. Yes. They give them long enough where they're going, you know what, I'd rather walk around right now. I don't think anything is there now. I don't think there's... Yeah, there is. Are they still showing that? Yeah, it's, a, it's, it's another one of those same type of shows, uh, except it's hosted by uh, Ty Burrell. The, the dad from Modern Family. Oh. He's, he's kind of acting as if he's a real estate agent for the planet Earth. Okay. Sort of thing. So I wasn't it's sure okay. if they brought it back after COVID or not. It, so. it, it, it's back. It's there. It's one of those that no one really knows about. Yeah. That poor cast member has to stand in front. It's, it's one kind of, of like things. the Swiss Family Treehouse. The inside Q, Q quote, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, the waiting area for the movie still hasn't changed. They haven't updated <laughs> the walls or anything like that. That is still original Ooh. 80s. Original. Um, <laughs> and has the original asbestos used. <laughs> yeah, yes. probably. They did not use asbestos. I know, I know. I'm just trying to be funny. And then, um, of course, another big attraction due to the cucumber lady is now an e-ticket attraction at Epcot. <laughs> Free food. <laughs> Have you seen the prices of lemons and cucumbers <laughs> yeah. lately? Um, so this was Listen to the Land. It was a narrated boat ride sailed through different... By the cast member at yes. first. Sailed through different environments and pro uh, prototype growing areas with innovations to improve harvesting. Peter actually did a battle of the attractions. I did. Yeah. Where he talked about how many tomatoes. That's the one where we battle against... Country Bears. Country Bears. Autopia. I think, uh, I think it was the uh, Astro Orbiter. Or oh, Astro Orbiters, yeah. And basically, uh, most of the plants and fish that are grown in this pavilion uh, fed many of the Epcot restaurants. Um, the Listen to the Land sailed from 1982 to 1993 when it was renamed to Living with the Land. The name change also brought a new beginning and an ending scene and a new soundtrack and new narrations. So they killed it. They killed they it. They killed the best <laughs> part of the attraction. The veggie food. Yeah, broken. please so. explain what was so good about Hey, in actuality for, for all it claims about education, I felt like I was learning more in the land pavilion than I did any others with that tour that they gave. And yeah. you felt like you were they were actually using this stuff for, in yeah. the parks and so on. It was and a it pretend. Was, it it was seemed very, like current technology being implicated, but it was futuristic. Like, yeah. that was cool. So I, I felt, you know, even though the land didn't have a sorry an e-ticket attraction, I felt like for a learning experience, that was the best one of the Epcot attractions. Is that the one at the end they had the veggie fruit fruit? Or is that a different? No, that's a different, that's a different show. 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 Oh, okay. Yeah, different theater in there. Yes. Is that what was replaced? That's what. The... That's when when Soren, Soren came replaced it. They the queue took over that. Spot. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. So it was cool because this attraction still had a live narrator, the cast members. I hate dead narrators. <laughs> you worked in the haunted mansion for a long time no wonder you hate the yoga ghost dead. host yeah you got it <laughs> yes so listen to the land uh was hosted by a live cast member 
and you would go at the beginning you would go through a symphony of the siege segment <laughs> <laughs> i still think of homer simpson flying over epcot guy it's even boring flying <laughs> over it <laughs> and uh you would listen to the song the land yep and uh, after this area, the boat ride would continue to different climate areas of the greenhouse, like in the current version, if you've been on it. Um, and then um, the now version, um, the Symphony of the Seed segment was replaced by a new rainforest scene. And a new crop growing fe- uh, features like the tomato tree. Um, Which if you want to know more about the tomato tree, yeah, listen to our Battle of the Attractions episode. It was impactful. I still remember it like yep. three years or almost four years. About how big this tomato tree is. Yeah. They did get rid of the live narrators in 2008. Yeah. After a couple like dirty jokes. <laughs> They're like, no more. Yeah. Um, so now there's a cast member, but uh, you just the lawyers. Like, the, the lawyers, lawyers always kill it. it. It's uh, always like they have, if you don't stick to the script, that's what kills it. Uh, why don't we have a lawyer land? You know? Yeah, we do. It's called Disney World and Disneyland <laughs> now. <laughs> and uh, in 2003, boats were taken out of the ride to make a fleet somewhat smaller. So. Yeah, the boats are a little smaller now. Yeah. Um, and they also add a fast pass, which no one Why? used. Yeah, there's really Why? no need for Like it. I told you, it was the most worthless. Do they have a f- fast bypass? <laughs> <laughs> um, but I must say this ride has gotten a lot more popularity due to the holiday overlay and yes. the viral. Hey, I'll say this. For the longest time, it was Disney World's only holiday overlay. <laughs> That's true. They don't do a Haunted Mansion one. I didn't even know they did a holiday overlay. Now they added one to their, uh, their speedway. It, it would be like a local neighborhood dad put up lights. So basically there. the cast members put up <laughs> lights and management never noticed it because they never went on the if attraction. If you look at the first iteration of it, it looks like yeah. exactly what you're saying. And they, then they the fans had, they went They did nuts. invest a little bit. The right. management's like, I told them to do that. <laughs> Don't fire, you know. <laughs> it, it's funny because there, there's another video YouTuber guy that um, he made like a commercial or a, a music video for just changing um, uh, the 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 theme of the song did for jingle bells to be like um christmas lights on fish christmas lights on trees <laughs> <laughs> and stockings in the lab oh <laughs> living with with the land living with the land it was so fun that was clever yeah, yeah. Um, so that was Living the Land. Um, then, of course, where today it's soaring, they had a show back in the 80s, and it was first opened up as Kitchen Cabaret. That was very impactful. That stuck in my brain. That stuck in a lot of people's brains. Yeah. That was the the main thing I wanted to go to the Land Pavilion for, was that attraction. Yes. You get sh- animatronics. Yes. This, this show ran from 1982 to 1994. Wow, I, we barely got it, didn't we? Yeah. Yep. It was a 14-minute audio uh, animatronic. Blah, 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 blah. 
Eplot. Eplot, yes. Uh, we can speak real good. It's contagious. <laughs> We've been doing this for over four years. Yeah. This is what happens when you hire jodlers. <laughs> it all sorts of weird sounds. Definitely. Um, and basically, it was a show led by Bonnie uh, Appetit. Bon, bon Appetit. Oh, bon Appetit. And it included different acts starring different types of food items that, you know, make up the food pyramid. pyramid. The debunked food yes. pyramid that they were feeding you us know, back you then. You got stars of the Milky Way, cereal <laughs> sisters, ham and eggs. I remember the ham and eggs. So you want to know about ham? Ham actually ended up behind stretch one, I think, at the Haunted Mansion. <laughs> really? So when I first got trained there, ham, I, I was putting my coat away and I was like, that's ham <laughs> from there. And like, you know who ham is? I was like, yeah. And basically one of the engineers that was working there, he was that part of the part that took it down. And instead of throwing it away, he put it behind stretch one where his wife worked at the haunted mansion. And when he retired, somehow this ham disappeared. disappeared. <laughs> mm. yes. So yeah, I remember just going there like, that's a giant hand. <laughs> so it was it still there when you left? It was gone. It was, while gone. It was there. It disappeared. So it was, all right. Yeah. You witnessed the disappearance. I just remember going that ham's no longer there. <laughs> yep. And then there was the colander Did you check combo. EBay? No, not yet. <laughs> with the fiesta fruit. And um I remember being very fun. It was a yeah. fun show. As a kid, it was after looking at fruit and vegetables on a boat and and just wanting any kind of entertainment, it was nice. It was a reprieve. It was it was excellent for children. Yeah. In ninety two they did some minor repainting of some of the uh audio matronics. Animatronics. Yes. Um, when Nestle took over the sponsorship, but um, of course, the most famous song is "Veggie Veggie Fruit Fruit." Um, Playing it. Think Muppets. Yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking nice. of like "Kiss the Girl" veggie with this. Yeah, I think I'm up. It's. I simply have to tell you that my friends who are singing are delectable. And that's pulling out the teeth singing. They're good for you, everyone. They make your meals a lot of fun. Like a carnival. It's nice to be with fruit and vegetables. Amazing. Yes. They, 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 in the 80s, they took music out of their movies, but they had it in their parks. Oh, yeah, 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 for yeah. sure. And, um, of course, the show ended and it was replaced in 94 called Food Rocks. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> More like food rots. And Which you... is weird because, like, there's actually a 
big fan base for Food Rocks. Really? Over Kitchen Cabaret. There's well, a fan a, base for any kind of little it's niche. It's a matter of your first, your first love, you know? It's, sure. It's, it's hard And to... both of these shows you can watch on YouTube, and you will watch Food Rocks and you go, oh, this is terrible. So basically it was a... <laughs> <laughs> a younger millennial saying it sucked. <laughs> yeah. It's a themed around rock and roll with many of its characters impersonating real singers and musicians Ew. and um this was thinking an, of this, a california adventure yep, ride. Yep. yep this was an eisner push oh this so basically you would push. have like a spatula singing a rock song and <laughs> different food items singing different rock songs but well, changing the lyrics it's, it's fun to see the 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 old animatronics be become different characters yeah. with the new show like the milkman like he turned into like you know before he was like this like i don't know like this like 40s singer like almost like um uh like a robert goulet like oh they should have had like aerosmith like janey's got a greater and then he kind of turned i forgot what what song he sang but he, like he sings like like he turns into like maybe like a '60s rock, you know, a sort of vibe. Yeah. And so it's like, okay, all right, well that's different. You got for the him. food food wrappers, the utensils, uh, the Peach Boys, the Peach, Peach Boys. Boys. Yeah. Uh, that was a dad. I the think the refrigerator that's police. Yeah. So uh, it was an interesting show, that's for sure. How long did that one last? Um, till Soren flew yeah, off. Yeah, till they went to Soren. So prior to 2004. Yeah, yeah, because I think we did. We didn't do Soren when we were there. Not in 2000. Okay, because Soren premiered with California Adventure, and then they brought it over for the 50 years of Disneyland. Um, you and know, I, Disneyland was turning 50, so they give Disney World four new attractions. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Don't touch my Disneyland. Yeah, well, I always bypass Soaring because it was a, a, an incredible line in Florida. Oh, and why? It was easier to go to California. And California is closer to us, so yeah. it just makes sense. But the Florida one, while working there, it was the attraction where it like the holidays it's like drop. four hours you're like why yeah people would rope drop that one which has changed in today's time i remember seeing living with the land having longer, longer waits, waits mm -hmm. than sorry because people go to so oh really yes. yeah whoa yes it was like the land or living with the land was like a 30 minute wait and sorry was 15 well let's just say there's not a lot of big fans of Soren around the world. No. I've stopped going to Soren for that reason. Bring back the California version. But Which, they do bring it back every for, once in a while. For California Adventure, they bring it back uh, every uh, food and wine festival. And I think they do the same for... Well, uh, they, they brought it back to Florida for the 100 Years of Magic. Oh, that's uh, it. It'll probably go back to Soren around the world here probably in, in the next six months or so. Yeah. Make it soaring over indoor. Ooh, that would be cool. Be cool. Yeah. Then the CGI. I I, I wouldn't mind the CGI all so right. much. <laughs> uh, don't don't leave out my oranges. All right. Apparently yes. they had some gift shops in there, right next to the theater. 
Were what, they had gift shops in this line? I, I didn't know because there's no gift shop there now. It's weird because it's such an open concept and everything is on the peripheries of this yeah. like rounded room. So you miss things. Yes. Yeah. Um, but basically that is the Lamb Pavilion. Um, it's It probably could use a good update <laughs> today, but... Um, I think living with the uh, the boat ride, uh, living with the land, is keeping it going. Thought... Keep it alive, as but they just need to bring the music back. Yeah, I wish they brought that back for the hundredth anniversary oh, special. Yeah. If they just put that music back into the attraction, I think that would have been a huge hit. And you get a new generation that's exposed to it. To where you're not on the ride and you're like, where's veggie, veggie, fruit, fruit? And people are like, what are you talking about? <laughs> what is that? That was my big disappointment coming back in the year 2000 was like, I remember, you know, I've been watching the whole movies and I'm like, I want to see Epcot. And I get there and it's not the Epcot that I was looking <laughs> forward to. <laughs> Dystopia. Which I will get into now as we're about to talk oh. about the imagination pavilion the, the lack of imagination uh, yeah. the lack of imagination <laughs> they had imagination back in the 80s it was so cool when i went as a kid vanished <laughs> right so the history of the imagination pavilion goes all the way back to uh, the 1976 so at this time they're working on big thunder mountain at disneyland and you know tony baxter he was he's the mind behind that um he was also given the task for to do uh and you might find this phrase very sounding very familiar to current uh disney fans as to what's beyond big thunder mountain okay so he just he was working on this thing called discovery bay which was kind of like this like futuristic society kind of like uh uh the kind of like kind of like discovery land for paris mm, okay that, that right. same vibe um which you know not surprising because tony baxter was a big hand of paris and so you see anything that tony baxter really loved this discovery bay idea because you see traces of it everywhere when people need a quick idea you pull from oh, like yeah. what you had you're like well i like that let me pull that um, that's already done and so one of the attractions was this show, Professor Marvel's Gallery, which was just kind of like this um, show, very similar setup to like Carousel of Progress, where you're like in a rotating theater and where you saw different scenes where he's having put having his pet animals and creatures on display and things like that. Um, and one of them happened to be a dragon. Want to guess what the color of the dragon was? Purple. He was green. Oh, come on he was a green dragon makes Where's sense the imagination in that <laughs> he was just a green dragon um but then it shortly got scrapped like no we we you know we're working on tokyo disneyland right now we're working on epcot right yeah now. they're doing tokyo and and like and epcot. epcot and so they're like we don't have the budget to expand disneyland right now so that got x uh eventually that land behind uh, Big Thunder Mountain eventually became Toontown as well as Galaxy's Edge. So that's what they eventually decided to do with that uh, as of today. Uh, but the ideas in Imagineering, good ideas never go to waste. File that away for another day. Big time. Mm -hmm. um, then Tony Baxter gets put in charge of the Land Pavilion. 
And so he's designing it and he designs this beautiful glass structure. Um, and the, the, the sponsor at the time, I think it was like this lumber company or something like that. <laughs> um, funny, funny uh, sponsor for the land pavilion, right? As a lumber we company. We chop them down. <laughs> you build it. But he, Tony Baxter had this amazing idea. And you actually see the, the same uh, building design back in his Discovery Bay idea for this beautiful glass structure. You see it um, come up again. And so he designed this beautiful like dark ride attraction and uh the sponsor fell out and then craft came in and craft said uh we don't like any of this scrap it and it was start we over want a food court <laughs> pretty much uh and so tony got thrown into working on this imagination pavilion now at oh the... so limited i know <laughs> so where do we even start sorry. i know so at this time, Kodak was going to sponsor the pavilion. They had no idea what they were going to do for this pavilion. Even Kodiak bears? Kod Kodak. <laughs> wrong kind of bear. <laughs> uh, but uh, so Kodak was has been a sponsor with Disney for years. They were one of the early sponsors for Disneyland. They're on Main Street, weren't they? Yeah. You get your film. Correct. And so, like, I think you get coffee there now. Or Christmas ornaments. Uh, I think it's Christmas ornaments. Yeah, um, yeah, that's their holiday shop on Main Street now. But um, but yeah, they were an integral part. They they even were sponsors of the Walt's idea of Epcot. So they were one of the first people to sign on for Walt Disney's experimental prototype community of tomorrow. I wish I was there in that room um, when they're trying to sell me like, so you're gonna have this guy <laughs> riding a balloon. And then there's going to be this dragon. <laughs> They're like, what? <laughs> well, and that was the thing. And so, like, they were trying to figure out what they wanted to do with it. And the people, people at Kodak was like, let's be really creative. Let's go crazy. And Tony Baxter's like, I've got an idea for you. And so he told them about this professor. And so they changed his name to Dreamfinder. Mm. And his dragon, which his color is? green Aww. and so Kodak goes great idea but we don't like the green because <laughs> green is the same color as our competitors Fuji film oh, oh yeah and so they changed the color to purple because it fit that's a great story yeah. yes mm. uh, it would be green if it wasn't for Fuji film that's it uh, it was also rumored uh, this hasn't been confirmed by anyone but it was also rumored that it was Disney sponsorship with Kodak that stopped the development of a roller coaster being built in the Japan Pavilion, the Fuji roller coaster. Ooh. That would have been cool, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's some deep state right there. Um, the idea behind Figment's name came from Magnum PI. So <laughs> Tony Baxter was watching. Uh, Magnum PI, and then somebody said, um, what was it? Um, he was saying, like, oh, your lawn was chewed up by a goat. Um, and he says, oh, the, don't tell me it was a figment of your imagination. He goes, oh, I like that name. I like that word, figment. Figment. And he goes, that's not a word that's commonly used. And so he, he kind of said, that's the name of the dragon. You know what's really going to be great about this name? It's going to sell popcorn <laughs> containers to unsuspecting millennials 30 years later. And we're going to have meet and greets and no one will really know who it is, but it's a purple dragon. That's right. 
And so, like, they pitch this great show idea. It's like, yeah, if we're going to have this Dream Finder, he's going to take you through how to, like, use your imagination. And Kodak loved it. They said, do what do what you want to do. Like, you, you're... Sounds like better sponsors yes. than yes. what, like... Yes. United Technologies and Kraft did. Kodak, well, you got to keep in mind, like, at this time, Kodak's still riding. They're really rolling. High. They're oh, rolling. Yeah. They got tons Pictures. of money. No such thing of digital. Nope. <laughs> like, they Never. signed, like, decades contract. Like, they, they signed a contract that said, like, we'll update your attraction every 10 years, which we'll come back to that. Um, we did an episode on that. Yeah, I'm sure we did. We did a lot of episodes about that. Um, but, um... So, yeah, so, like, Kodak's all like, yeah, we'll, we'll put as much money as we want into this. They said the only condition is that... As we want. I <laughs> know. <laughs> or as we can. As we can. Uh, and uh, and the only condition was that they, they have an opening day attraction. And so Disney was rushing to get that done. They started construction on this, on this building 15 months before the park opened. Wow. Okay. Give it in perspective to what was recently built. Oh, uh, like, I think at the time it was like uh, Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway took like like three, four years just to be built in an already pre-existing building yeah. at the at ho- Disney Hollywood Studios uh, that took over the great movie ride. Or uh, the... you got Tron, which took like eight years or something. Oh, I don't even know. Yeah. <laughs> of course, COVID delayed it. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. Yeah, there was just... that roller coaster shortage that was going on back then. <laughs> I get that. So like, it's just crazy. Like, that's how long it took them to construct this building. Um, and so, you know, obviously they had a lot of work going on to it. And so they hired a guy that was already writing music for a lot of the other pavilions all over Epcot. He'd done music for the Universe of Energy. He did, I think he did the Canada song. Canada. Um, Canada. Oh, yeah. And then he also did the uh, Golden Dreams, the America Pavilion. Oh, oh I love that. Yeah. I yeah. love the America Pavilion. He wrote Pavilion. that. He also wrote the Listen With The Land song. Mm. And so they hired him to write the theme song for the Imagination Pavilion. And we love the theme song, don't we? Yes. So I'll take a journey into imagination. Where inspiration. You don't remember this song? This is the jam. This was going to be the song that Figment and Dreamfinder were going to sing. They were going to sing. Yeah, I was like, (laughs) uh, nope. Who who stole it, Peter? Who shanked it from him? You found this in some dark corner of YouTube, didn't you? It's part of the history, guys. Um, so Disney heard it and they go, it's good. It's not what we're going for. <laughs> yeah. And so they it's went too to... much country. No one's imagined like, <laughs> when you think of your imagination, what do you think of some guy in a log playing a guitar? <laughs> like we're driving through West Virginia. It's, a, it's the same reaction Julie Andrews had when they said, you're going to sing this, uh, this Sandman song to trust in me. And she said, no. No. And then we get a spoonful of sugar. So <laughs> we get a spoonful of sugar on this this note. Too. Right. And so yeah, they then they said, you know what? We've already got uh we got we got the Sherman brothers here. Let's get them to write a song for us. Yay. And so they, they weren't wrote, in each other's throats yet? They weren't at well, they probably were, but they were still working together. There was money involved. <laughs> <laughs> uh so they went around and they 
they developed the song the one little spark song um which you can still hear today um in the attraction isn't it the exit that they play it they don't play it on the actual attraction yeah they do yeah okay it's it's the big finale that's okay it's it's the big finale yeah um but and i'll probably play it here in the background i won't as you exit out into this vacant like (laughs) area of where all the greatness used to be yes um but so so they're working on this attraction and you know they're running behind obviously this was one of the last attractions that and that they had to get done you know all the other pavilions were in a production you talked about how you know universe of energy had a big dirt lot in their big dirt pile 30 days before the park even opened they were running behind uh, and they were worried that they weren't going to be able to meet the contractual obligation they had with Kodak saying that there was going to be one opening day attraction because uh, they had three attractions designed for the Imagination Pavilion. But what you don't know is that Fuji was actually behind them <laughs> going, if you change your dragon to green, we'll take over the, the contract. And so they were working on three things, three attractions. They were working on the Journey into Imagination ride, the dark ride. They, were, they had the uh, Image Works uh, play area where there's a lot of interactive stuff. And then they had the 3D movie Magic Journeys. Uh, and all three were not on track to be open in time for opening day. So they, they filmed this like movie with Dreamfinder kind of like Plan B. Plan attraction. B. Like, this is, hey, this is what's coming here soon. So like the theater was going to be ready. And so like we was so, like, well, we can make this like little film that's like, here's what's coming. Um, but eventually the, uh, the Magic Journeys production actually got ahead. And so they were able to finish just in time to release that. So that original footage was never released, you know, until, you know, it got released. Until somebody online, broke, yeah. it, you know? broke it from the vault. Which it's, it's, it's a silly thing. And, you know, for any of those people that love Imagineering behind the scenes sort of stuff. It's 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 a fun video to watch, you know, Dreamfinder running around backstage as they're developing all of Epcot. There's a lot of little Easter eggs to development of that Epcot. That sounds a lot better than Magic Journey to me. Now, let's talk about <laughs> Magic Journey. I never found it that magic. So Magic Journey opened uh, opening day um, of Epcot. It was a 3D movie and you know how we t- we loved to, like when we watched the black hole and we're all like watching the end going, what is this? It's the same vibe <laughs> that you get watching Magic Journeys, except I would rather watch Black Hole than Magic Journey. I, I, <laughs> all right, how about this? Into the Woods, I or would, I would rather watch Into the Woods than Magic Journeys. And, and... See, Jackie, it's not at the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the, uh, the Sherman brothers did the music they the did. Magic Journey they did. and I think they would have benefited had they replaced it with the music that they planned for everyone close your eyes and listen to the music on this ride <laughs> I tell you it is one of those like like you, you watch this movie and you just go okay 
All right. What was it about? So basically, it's <laughs> good question. <laughs> you nailed it, Jackie. You nailed <laughs> what the experience was. I've never experienced. And the funny thing so. is, this it's is like somebody's on drugs. And uh, they I remember being kind of like Captain Kangaroo <laughs> so meets like, like Yellow Submarine. You're like, what's going on? So like, it starts off with like these kids in like this grass field looking up at clouds pointing out like oh that cloud looks like a clown or a lion running jumping through a hoop or you know i don't even remember just like weird stuff and so then they have these like these psychedelic moments where they're having these imaginations with these things that they imagined in the clouds and it's like is that what it was about wow i never figured that out that's what it was why did i imagine an hawaiian eating me why (laughs) and the music didn't help it was like this weird like magic journey it is like and like like you should have imagined the stay puff marshmallow yeah it was it's i couldn't help it it just popped into my head (laughs) it's definitely worth watching once just to be like what am i watching like you're like and you get these like weird transitions kind of like the soren over the world transitions but i think this is way worse than that uh because they're like they like have like this you know they transition from like a lion to a cat sitting on the floor and then the kids looking at the cat and the cat turns into the sphinx and they go into egypt and it's like okay it's a settled transition it is a and didn't they move that to Fantasyland? Yes, land they moved after? it to Fantasyland. Oh, they man. even brought it to Disneyland. Oh, oh they Disney apparently loved this film. They paid a lot of money for this film. <laughs> <laughs> it was, yeah, that's a. Was it in the Tomorrowland Theater or something? No, it was in the Fantasyland Theater. So, so where they Disney do filler magic? Should bring a sequel out for that. Magic Journey. <laughs> ooh, a Magic Journeys movie. Let AI create the movie oh. based off of that. Show us what you can do, AI. You, hey, honestly, Sell us. you watch that movie, you would feel like AI wrote this movie. Like It's just like, okay, the circus thing. Hey, I didn't understand how people are afraid of clowns after watching Magic Journeys. I go, I get it. <laughs> I get it. And then a clown jumps out at you. Yes. And you're like, ah! Well, like they, they, have these, they have like these weird moments where like a clown's blowing a horn in your face and like you know weird like you know how like Muppet Vision has those like cheap 3D gags well like they're doing cheap 3D gags with these clowns and it's like Father Yoder's shaking his head he just doesn't understand what it was it was not you're like let's get to the England uh, pavilion on there yeah it was a waste of uh, of my time you didn't like the exit where the attraction I that was very prominent memory image work opens two months after magic journeys so it's on a slow progression of slowly but they had it all they had it open for day day one uh not for day one not the image work but the actual attraction but but, um but uh, magic journeys was open for day one um but no the attraction came later the attraction was not open yet that was the last thing to be done uh, so, yeah, so they open Image Works and they have a variety of different things there. You may remember some of them. So one of the ones that, you know, we participated in was the uh, the, the theater. What was it? Um, the School of Drama, where you have people stand in line and you get to act in front of a blue screen. Yeah, that was fun. And so we yeah. did it with, you know, we were in the Old West 
And so that was really fun. A little fact, Dreamfinder in that show is Imagineer Joe Rohde back when he was early on. Uh, Imagineer. Oh, I kind of so remember. The earring, that, yeah. the earring Imagineer, the guy behind Animal Kingdom. And He's Pandora. got that droopy one. That's, yes. Yeah. Oh, it's so gross in person. <laughs> now, the parts I remember are the rainbow walkway and then the light shining yeah. on the floor. And yes. The children it was kind of interactive. At the, on those, yes. And obviously, the rainbow corridor. Yeah, yeah. There's a very famous rainbow corridor. There's a very famous photo of Michael Jackson in there. Um, it was a very popular, very cool tunnel mm-hmm. that like changed as people it, will walk it, through. It fit the theme of imagination that whole area. It was it was a fun area, and so yeah, it was very cool, very interactive. They had like you know drawing on touch screens and things like that, which is I think that part was the most that was the highlight of going through the the worlds, uh, the the future worlds as a kid. That that was the thing, though. So, so, like, they used uh, because one of the big critiques that Epcot was having was that they, there are no characters except for Figment and Dreamfinder. Yep. They used them in almost every single promotion they had for that park. They became the park mascot. Unofficially, yes, mm-hmm. they became the, the the park mascots, and so eventually, March fifteenth, March fifth. To, uh, 1983 journey into imagination opens okay okay so this attraction is like amazing so like the opening aspect of so like you enter in it's you enter this kind of like lobby area which is got this beautiful artwork that really you know a lot of colors and shapes and things like that. It's kind of the general theme of the pavilion is that simple things can spark an imagination and so you get into a vehicle and you turn into this turnstile showroom that's separated into five segments. So think of this kind of like Carousel of Progress, but instead of you know you revolving around the stage, the stage moves with you. So like they had five different Dreamfinders circulating around each each group. Yep. So like the mat the the technological mind behind having hanging animatronics not just like coming out of the ground they are literally hanging like two animatronics with this giant vehicle the 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 dream i forgot what it was called the dream mobile or whatever uh this balloon hanging that circulates with you around this giant turnstile is fantastic and the way they designed it it's it's an omni mover system but they designed it in a way that when you're on that part of the ride you don't realize you're moving kind of like in rise, i do I, I didn't think we were moving kind of like in rise of the resistance when you enter the spaceship yep uh the the first like when you enter the spaceship part of the queue you know you don't realize you're you're on a turntable so it's the same thing here you don't realize you're moving around this thing. And so then you leave that to go to the dream port because you got to drop off your ideas. Um, you go into the world of art. So you got Dreamfinder and Figment, you know, painting murals and artwork, inspiring, you know, just very artistically beautiful looking scenery. They go into the world of literature where they're writing different 
uh, stories and books. This was kind of the scary part. You know, they had like, you know, evil bats and, and things like that. Just like, it was kind of had an ominous vibe to it almost, um, to kind of provoke that, like, Oh, it's, you know, using your imagination with literature. Then they had performance, you know, acting, uh, things like that. Then science, a whole section about science. And then they ended with this big finale room. You enter this big room with almost kind of like a circle vision uh, theater vibe. But like there's different TV screens where figments uh, doing a bunch of different activities using his imagination, uh, which then exits into image works. Uh, after the ride ends, um, it was it was definitely a big attraction, a big draw for children. Children love this. Children held on to this. This was an attraction that, you know, out of all the Epcot attractions, the original attractions, this one held up the best um, compared to all the other hold predecessors. Yeah, you mean stuck with them? The actual attraction did not hold up. We're getting into that. <laughs> Okay, the only reason why they decided they needed to change it was because they were changing the vision of Epcot. And so in the contract with Kodak, they had to update their attraction every 10 years. And in the 90s, there was a rise of a different type of technology that was making Kodak not very profitable, and that was digital cameras. Kodak was a film company you know and so they made money off of selling film they were and hanging so, out with blockbusters ceos going no nah, no nah, it's a fad don't worry about it internet's not real <laughs> <laughs> and so and so like disney was pushing them hard being like you need if this you are contractually obligated to update this attraction it's never good when you're approached not by imagineers but by lawyers yes <laughs> by time. disney mm-hmm. and so kodak said Fine, but we only have the fraction of the money to do it. Um, and they're like, fine, that's fine. Uh, fine, fine, <laughs> fine. You just got you gotta, you gotta update it. So what did they do? They gutted the entire attraction. They did. So that beautiful. They're like, this will be cheap to fix. <laughs> so that beautiful turntable show scene is now the loading platform for the attraction. So when you get on the attraction now, that was where. That big turntable, that big round room, that was where the big show was, where you saw Dreamfinder on the balloon with Figment being born. Uh, people call it the big pot that he was born out of. Um, and But yeah, that's what became of that. And, they, and then they cut another quarter out of the attraction. So the ending portion of the ride, they cut and they destroyed. They had and, this theme of like you're in a laboratory for the update right and so they rethemed it into journey into your imagination which that was the attraction that we rode in the year 2000 it sucked <laughs> it was bad yeah you got like that was the era of like flubber yeah and they, they had that infused with it and you had um the honey i shrunk the kids yep um dr Zelensky. But yeah, so Journey into Imagination closed on October 10th, 1998. And then on October 1st, 1999, Journey into Your Imagination opened. So that, Is it a poor reflection of ourselves that, that it's such a bad attraction? Nightmare. In a year's time, they completely gutted that attraction, 
chopped it up. It's not as long as it used to be. Um, and the part where they cut out, that became the new image works. I forgot what they call it now. Um, it was sad walking through there. I think yeah. I walked through it once when I worked there, and I was like, I, I don't want to do this and anymore. So, and so I, I, I just recently learned this. So the reason why uh, ImageWorks upstairs, because that's where the big, you know, interactive element of the pavilion was, the reason why that never reopened was because when they were redoing the attraction, they had to comply with new building codes, and that area had not wasn't meeting the code and Kodak didn't have the money to get it back up to Wall code. And so yep. they just closed it off and you know nobody what's up there? could go upstairs. It's the old animatronics. I had a well, friend that worked there and he goes, it's kind of creepy seeing everything like, for the most part, from my understanding, everything is still there. They just took it off and they just is put it up a there. DVC lounge now? The, the, the outside portion, oh, but there's okay. another portion where the actual thing, that's was. where they put all the animatronics. That's where if you like the, the, the doctor, the imagination. Yeah, he's he's there. That's what I was told by my college roommate. Yeah, my so college like, intern. That's roommate. just become a giant storage area now for Disney, and so um, so. But now it's been it was rethemed with Doctor Nigel Channing. They designed it after the new show that they had brought into the Magic Eye Theater, where they had Magic Journeys, which later became Captain EO, and then it became Honey has Shrunk the Audience. With that, big, and then it turned back to Captain EO. <laughs> I, came back to Captain I remember my roommate he was like we're getting captain eo they're all prepping us for like you know i've got this long speech and we're gonna have like celebrities going there and i'm like people are coming to disney world to see captain eo and i'm all like yeah. i looked around I was like you want me to tell them <laughs> <laughs> no. no 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 but uh so yeah so honey i shrunk the kids was a big property for disney in the 90s and so they're like well let's let's retheme the imagination pavilion to that so we'll, so they had a character in that show dr nigel channing uh performed by eric idle famous from being in monty python the late he's he passed away, he's passed away yeah i didn't realize he recently was uh, it recent it was within the last five years okay because there was actually a recent uh, there was an interview that somebody asked him about his role in him filming for the attraction he goes oh no i didn't film for the attraction i just did audio and they go, your face is all over the attraction. You were there. You go, I don't remember it all then. Um, but yeah, he's kind of like your host through it. The original, the 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 second version of the attraction where, you know, you get taken through. It's kind of funny because the first room you take you to, they say, let's see your level of imagination. And they have kind of like a, you know, mirror where they're looking at you and they're all like, oh, you have nothing. You have no imagination. <laughs> All of you are like, they basically insult you. Be like, there's nothing in any of your heads. And so then they take you through the pavilion, you know, showing you random, you know, optical illusions here or there and like trying to stimulate the imagination. And then at the end, they're like, oh, you have all this amazing imagination now because you did all this stuff. All right, now leave. Um, <laughs> and it got poor reception. Everyone hated it. Uh, Kodak eventually left um, as a sponsor, and Disney's like, all right, we're going to make it better. And they said, yes, and we're going to update it in the year 2001. We're going to update it. 9-11 hits, kills tourism, and the budget got cut, and so we got the attraction that we get now, which is pretty much 
the journey into your imagination, um, but they added figment throughout throughout the show, which upset a lot of people because they turned figment into not a childlike wonder, like, oh, I can do this, I can do that, into more of a menace, uh, more of like a, a stitch. Yeah, kind of like a stitch type character. Um, yeah. But oh, there. Eric Idle is alive. He's not dead. I was, saying, I was about to say, I was he's like, 80. He's still looking for work. <laughs> I was about to say, I was like, I don't remember hearing that he died. My bad. Sorry, Eric. <laughs> you can come on the podcast. He's listening. I'm still kicking. <laughs> um, but, you know, but the fandom for this attraction is still strong. We all know about the popcorn bucket that was crazy. They, you know, the, 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 the seven-hour line to get a popcorn bucket of figment. People love this character so much that if you're... You have, you have a rumor. You have this, like... Oh, I have a theory. I have a theory. And because you, you see what Disney's doing right now with that character. They're pushing a lot of merchandise of figment. I think... They introduced his meet and greet. I think that was a test to see if he can hold lines, if people will keep coming back to do his meet and greet. And so far, it seems like it is. Yeah. They released a gold, a little golden book, those little books with the, the golden uh, uh, binding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, they did a they, spine. Spine. There we go. Um, they did a new popcorn bucket this year. Yes, and that it's a really cool popcorn bucket. I'll, I'll say that much. Would it's, you wait seven hours for it? No, well, I wouldn't. They changed how they do that. Now, so. Yes, now they now they have boarding groups for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Back on the yes. phone. Get on your phone. Yeah. Yes. Um, but <laughs> if if you if you're a fan of original journey into your uh, imagination. Pick up the little golden book because it's literally like takes you through what the attraction was. So the fact that Disney authorized the making of this book that literally references 90% of the ride that got destroyed. Go back and change it to what it was. And so that's what all the fans are asking for. Give us a trackless version of the original attraction and that would make a lot of people happy. We'll see if it comes D23. I my prediction, and I'm probably wrong. I'm expecting an announcement with Figment, Figment's attraction coming, changing. I won't say coming back, changing. changing. Um, a, a changing announcement happening this this D23. That's my prediction. You hear it first. You hear it first <laughs> on the Matt Yola's Peter the Yodler is saying Figment's coming back. But Stay tuned. What are your thoughts on that, Father Yudler? I was just trying to figure out the odds for Vegas. So. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not very. Uh, um, we've been waiting for decades for this to happen. So, yes, it could. But how many times have we been disappointed? They're going to blue sky it. <laughs> no, I think you're so but like You're so like Debbie Downer, blue sky, so jaded from it. I think so they're, done. I think they're done blue skying. I think they're I think they got it. enough feedback on no one like the blue sky. Well, they're also getting a lot of pressure from universal yes, yes that is true they're getting a lot of pressure but from universal is the imagination pavilion going to save them in that regard? we've got harry potter well we got figment and imagination <laughs> I, I don't think that's the answer there it will You're, be a step in the right direction correct i don't see that as an answer no to i'm not universal. i'm not saying that this attraction the announcement of that attraction would be i'm just saying it is it's going to be something on their roster. It is something that I feel like it's on their roster of like. Just yes. imagine how many fans would book 
Yes. Of a vacation. Just to have the original attraction again? Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. I'm not going to. Well, you're 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 not necessarily the biggest of You're not a big parks like I, I'll do the parks, but the something new in the park is not like, you know it's, what? It's I not need your yeah. to do this now. Sure. Oh, I get that. Um but this kind of concludes our eighties. Kinda Epcot. kinda concludes. Kinda. Well, there's there's technically more we could discuss. But the history of the water fountain seen on the episode of Boy Meets World. <laughs> the Fountain of Nations. It's a good fountain. Um, Remember when that flavor at Club Cool? <laughs> <laughs> we got we got more coming. I swear. There's, but uh, this might transition to more of us doing history of different aspects of different Disney parks and things like that. Because yeah. uh, I've been enjoying this series of episodes that we've done but um it kind of takes me back to a little bit of what epcot represented so you know we had you know the universe of energy horizons the world of motion we had um the living seas the land the imagination pavilion spaceship earth all of these were inspirational tools to help us inspire us in different avenues across the world it was it was the closest that the imagineers could come up with to fulfill Walt's dream of epcot it's they the last it's the last one it really was it was really designed to be an inspirational park that was its purpose um recently uh defunct land released this like hour-long musical tribute to the making of Epcot, fantastic composition, very like 70s, 80s vibe with the music, but it's it's beautiful. It tells the story. I said like, I even commented on the video saying like, I would watch this on Disney Plus. That's how great it was. It was beautiful. Um, I love this. You guys all look at me like, he's fanboying so hard right now. Uh, <laughs> but like, it was... Future World with World Showcase, it was that like dream of like anything is possible. And I felt like the Imagination Pavilion was that final key that connected everything else. It connected all the pavilions because what we needed was imagination to revitalize our way of thinking when it came to energy, transportation, communication, you know, our understanding of nature and farming and, you know, space travel, all of that, like, it was all, you know, that's what was so important at that time. That was what was so impactful. And, like, we're missing that now. We're missing that, like, inspiring motion to move us forward in. Um, it's not inspiring. It's not going to inspire mankind. Moana's, you know, journey <laughs> of water isn't inspiring me no. to. I'm going to go to the bathroom better. afterwards because that's a lot of water <laughs> running. Right. It's just like, sure, they're, they're fine attractions. You know, I love Guardians of the Galaxy, the roller coaster. It was a great ride. Does it inspire me? No, it doesn't lift me up, doesn't get me excited to be like, you know what? We can be better. We can come together. We can unite um, and work together. That was the whole point of Epcot was to bring the communities together to to work together to build something amazing. Although like Epcot was not, 
how it you how it became in the eighties is not what Walt originally sure. wanted. But just thinking of it, that's this is what Walt would have wanted for a World Fair. What you're yes. seeing yeah. is a a you know a Walt Disney's World Fair, and you know when you look at it from all the research and all we've discussed, you know it's beautiful, and then just over time. It's 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 faded. It does. It's it's a shell of what it what it was, and you can still see it in the part, but it's not it's not there. And the and the part that people the the old school you know Epcot fans love is the only part left is really you know a World Showcase, which is you know the part that really doesn't need to change. It doesn't necessarily need an update. All that um, has pretty much all stayed the same. Now, obviously there's some exceptions to that. Some got updated movies. It's got some IPs like in that. there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, Mexico got the the three caballeros. Um yeah, and we got Frozen thrown in there and Ratatouille. Ratatouille now, but yeah, and Beauty and the Beast got thrown in the mm-hmm. in that theater. And so, yeah, I mean, it's just like it, it's 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 sad for me to to like see Epcot become what it's becoming um, and that's why I hold so hard on this because it really was Walt's this was Walt's final message to the world and that's why I hold on to this I'm a big fan of Walt's messaging and, and things like that so I do appreciate you guys following us on this journey um, if you you know, are like me that love Epcot, what it stood for. Or did you learn something? You know, let us know. Or are you like Jackie? That's all like bulldoze, baby. Bulldoze. Get rid of it all. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> I let can't do know. that. I used what to work your... there and I'm like, that makes me sad. Right. No, get rid of it all. So like, let us know what your thoughts are. Are you a fan of what Epcot has become? Did you even know about what Epcot was before? Let us know in our comments, in our, um, in our uh, let's see here, Facebook, Instagram, our Twitter page. Um, you can message us. You can email us at matterhornyodelers at gmail.com. Uh, but until next time, have a great big beautiful tomorrow. Thank you for joining us on this week's episode of the Matterhorn Yodelers. Please remember before your bobsled comes to a complete stop to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. And remember, remain seated please. Permanecer sentados, por favor.